Hello and welcome to the Lazy Book Club podcast, the book club for those who don't want to read or leave the house. My name is Matt Gonzalez. Wabba-lubba-dub-dub! It's David Cox. <laughs> and I'm Josh Matheson. And this week we are looking at chapter 32 of Treasure Island. We're getting 32. towards the end, boys. It's the 32th chapter. Yeah. This is the longest book we've done, isn't it? I think, I think it word is. Count. It also doesn't help that we've not released them every week. Apologies, everybody, for the lack of episode last week. Uh, Do you want to fill in, everybody, on what you've been up to? Because, I mean, I've just been bumming around the house revising because I don't really have a proper job. But, Josh, you've been directing at the moment, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I've been working on a show um, in town, which is now opened, which is great. Um, and we've got our sort of official. Can people go line. and see it, Josh? Is this like a plug? Do we do this? We well, well, I mean, if you wanted to, yes. If you're in and around London town, um, Agatha Christie's witness for the prosecution at County Hall. Um, I love London town. Yeah, London such a loving. Oh, I'm in London town. <laughs> um, so no, I've been working on uh, the new cast of that show, which has actually been running for five years. But mm-hmm. we've been working in a new cast. Um, yeah, I've so seen it. It's very problem. good. I need to because it's actually. If you if you love a courtroom drama and you love an Agatha Christie mm. sort of murder, it's in a courtroom. If our listeners will, and it's in an actual courtroom, so it's Mm. very atmospheric and beautiful. Um, It's a good show. Um, My only my only criticism of it, and it's not really a criticism, is the amount of rug dancing. You know when they like change scenes. the scene and changes. the scene chase do take longer than necessary. There's a lot of guy, the guy just walking around with the rug, and I'm like, just walk down, put it down, get off. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> you know what I, mean? I would like to think that in my time with this new cast, I have slickened up those scenes. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> it was something I remarked when I first saw the show. I was like, we can do some. Yeah, things, just just we? walk in, unroll the rug, rug, and walk off. Like you don't well, need to be, you don't need to do the whole square of the stage holding the rug. You don't need to do that. So that that's yeah. even more of it. The trouble is when a show's been running for five years, try t- telling stage management you want to do something differently. It's like mm. um they don't want to hear it. Yeah. And then David, you've been teaching in schools, haven't you? Yeah, mostly. Um just lots of drama at the weekend mm. and in the weekdays. That's just but, life drama. Um, <laughs> those you don't me and my fiance Ra- rachel who's mm. never been on the podcast <laughs> no girls except for when we because no when we started this i just said i was a tour guide i do still do that we run a theater company called umbrella theater productions because it's opening up hello theater <laughs> but everything's a pun so we we go to mostly special needs schools but also primary schools doing theatre but it's not just sit and watch like we get the kids involved there's lots of sensory elements uh, there's loads of puppets which is fun sort of we've seen a, a few of them there okay I'm, I, feel, I feel like I'm okay at hand puppetry now I, I hope in a few years time I could call myself a professional but we're just mm. kind of learning on the job and there's things like a macaton in it and we spray smells and there's things for the kids to touch and there's for the more able kids we do like games and they get involved in the dancing and stuff so so anybody kind of like working out the hours will have noticed that david's working during the day and josh is working at night and that's why we haven't been able to record <laughs> any podcasts no i'm always like I'm free monday night available. tuesday night wednesday night thursday night and you're like yep but i can't I, I'm free, I'm, monday morning tuesday Wednesday, <laughs> yeah. morning. and then josh goes i am free on wednesday no i'm working <laughs> so this is the dilemma that we've had over the last week so we do apologize for missing last week in the episodes 
Uh, what we're going to do is try and get all these episodes done so that they're now uninterrupted between him here and the end of the book. Probably October. Yes. So there shouldn't be any delays from now on. He says. <laughs> so long as I get my editing done this week as well. Hmm. But anyway, enough about us. Let's get back to the book. So it's been another week. So hopefully we still remember what happened last week. So last week was the treasure hunt Flint's pointer. So they've now the pirates, John, Jim, and the the other buccaneers have gone looking for the treasure. They're following the map and they found a dead body skeleton thing in like a compass point position lying on the floor. Some sadistic joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it be a dead corpse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, top banter. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think they worked out it's someone from Flint's crew. So he's probably left bodies all the way along the trail pointing towards this treasure. What happens if it got taken off by a fox? Well, this it's is like, what we said, didn't yeah. we? It's like you've left organic signs that decompose and might get eaten or what, you know, it's washed away. It's not nailed down unless you nailed the person to the floor. So it's very uh, prone or open to disaster, really. But there we go. So... They have found the pointer. They are now heading further towards the treasure. And this next chapter continues the treasure hunt. We're in the treasure hunt, the voice among the trees. Now, if I had to guess, Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that our favourite character, Rod Stewart, is going to be making an appearance during this chapter. I can't tell you how much I'm dreading Rod Stewart coming (laughs) in I have a feeling he may be the voice among the trees due to the, the warning by Dr. Li- Dr. Livesey about, like, don't go after the treasure, you'll hear the squalls or whatever it was, the shouting and screaming. So I think Ben Gunn's doing a bit of a, turn back, turn back, turn back, turn back. You're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die. Just like that. Think, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. Okay, good. I think they're going to be playing because if, if the pirates have proved one thing during this whole book, it's that they're very prone to superstition and silly kind of folklore. And so yeah. I imagine that some kind of banshee screaming from the trees is probably going to freak a lot of them out and they'll end up going running. Yeah. 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 I'm surprised there's not been any sort of like witchcraft or hearsay. I thought mm. that would be a. Uh... You know, a, a, pr- a presence other than the pirates. Yeah. But you feel like you have to sort of give credit to the fact that this is an old book and they're quite modern ideas to bang genres together, I suppose, yeah. isn't it? So. But I suppose because the last time we saw pirates, though, was Peter Pan, which is a fantasy novel. Yeah. Whereas this is meant to be based in reality. I mean, like, isn't it? This could a have happened. A little grittier, yeah. It yeah. is realistic, actually. Like, there's not anything, apart from maybe the... Jim just going around in the schooner and as an eight-year-old. But I think yeah. like, you know, the real life <laughs> oh, no, that happen they are, <laughs> you know, things like, oh, the suddenly like, oh, we're going to run out of water. That's, this is, yeah, this yeah. boots any other problem out of the park. This yeah. is so much more serious than I can't find a treasure. Yeah. So definitely we have to appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you want yeah. silly, go and watch Pratt of the Caribbean. Yeah. Well, that, that's what I mean. That's almost more pirates on the Peter Pan level. Yeah, it's taking, than, uh, taking the, the stereotype. Like yeah, a crew that comes from the, the bottom of the sea. Yeah. Like, yeah, all of that. SpongeBob Squarepants. <laughs> <of the 
<laughs> I would love that scene where they're all walking. If someone put the SpongeBob yeah. SquarePants <laughs> underneath yeah. that, so you're kind of walking through the, the water. Podcast. Uh, I'm sure someone's done it. I'm sure if you look on YouTube, there's probably somebody who's done that already. They... Well, if we find it, it's, that's a, a, that's an Instagram yes. gimme. I would suggest. Oh, but it is. So we jump in then and have a little look. At what yeah, point it's going to be saying? Oh, actually, before, before we do that, let's just put the uh, illustration oh, yeah. out. An illustration. Seem to be. Bu- so, I don't yeah, think they were near the sea. Is that? Does that? Yeah, that's, the... yeah, it is a bay. It's kind think... of a bay. Yeah. Yeah. Think... Oh, he's got his lead. It's not in his mouth anymore, at least. Because no, exactly. Great point. Doesn't really give much away, is it? It's just him walking up a hill with Jim. Another another behind. one where they have given up the on the sky halfway up. <laughs> I'll start at the bottom and then I'll go to the top and then yeah. it's, oh, it's, just, it's, yeah, it's a bit long, isn't it? Yeah. Drawing takes it's, a it's, forever. His pencil needed a sharpen by the end. So he's like, yeah. Oh, Those Roman numerals getting big. Yeah. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, they're getting very long. I did have to count them up myself earlier. Right. Let's jump in then. Here we go. Chapter 32. The treasure hunt. The voice among the trees. Partly from the damping influence of this alarm, partly to rest Silver and the sick folk, the whole party sat down as soon as they had gained the brow of the ascent. The plateau being somewhat tilted towards the west, this spot on which we had paused commanded a wide prospect on either hand. Before us, over the treetops, we beheld the Cape of the Woods, fringed with surf. Behind, we not only looked down upon the anchorage and skeleton island, but saw, clear across the spit and the eastern lowlands, a great field of open sea upon the east. Ah, see, so the illustrators read the book, at least, because we're like, (laughs) oh, "Oh, we can see the sea, why can we see the sea? Yeah, that's why. (laughs) Sheer above us rose the spyglass, here dotted with single pines, there black with precipices. There was no sound but that of the distant breakers mounting from all round, and the chirp of countless insects in the brush. Not a man, not a sail upon the sea. The very largeness of the view increased the sense of solitude. Silver, as he sat, took certain bearings with his compass. There are three tall trees, he said. About in the right line from Skeleton Island. Spyglass shoulder, I take it, means that lower point there. It's child's play to find the stuff now. I've half a mind to dine first. I don't feel sharp, growled Morgan. Thinking of Flint, I think it were as done me. Ah, well, my son, you praise your stars, he's dead, said Silver. He were an ugly devil, cried the third pirate with a shudder. That blew in the face too. Blue? Apparently. <laughs> it's a smurf. <laughs> are, they, are they talking about the dead? <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly imagining this big guy, like, what's his name? Uh, Matt Lucas Argonaut. in um, No oh. Little Britain when he goes dressed. To a party as a smurf? No. Yeah. What do you want to wear? Go to the party. I want to go smurf. Are you sure you want to go as a smurf? Yeah. 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 That's what I'm imagining Flint to look like now. Which I don't think we've got. We haven't done that as an ice yet. 
<laughs> that, that's in the bank, yes. isn't it? Oh, my Lou God. Lou and Andy in there. Andy. I do love yeah, that voice. No, you, you've, are you you've sure? Already proved, I... You've already proved yourself to be better at both characters than me, David. So <laughs> maybe you This is the thing this. that's funny. I feel like, Josh, you're the strongest at, like, um, accents. But, but David David's all the impersonations are always so, so on point. <laughs> No, I can do me if I was from somewhere else in the world. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I can do, which is kind of, the, you know, what, 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 what most of my actors want from me is me to be able to coach their own voice with a different thing. That was how the rum took him, added Mary. Blue. Well, I reckon he was blue. That's a true word. Ever since they had found the skeleton and got upon his train of thought, they had spoken lower and lower, and they had almost got to whispering by now so that the sound of their talk hardly interrupted the silence of the wood. All of a sudden, out of the middle of the trees in front of us, a thin, high, trembling voice struck up the well-known air and words. Here we go. Tonight's the night. Fifteen men on a dead man's chest. You're on a pile of rum. <laughs> I love that version. Yeah, I quite like the tune. It's good. I could, I can rock out to that. Yeah, it was uh, Maggie May. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. I liked. It. I never have seen men more dreadfully affected than the pirates. The colour went from their six faces like enchantment. Some leapt to their feet. Some clawed hold of others. Morgan <laughs> grovelled on the ground. Grovelled. Grovelled. From a voice, groveled. Groveled. I do love the idea. I, I, I'm picturing this scene in like a movie where that voice thing and someone goes, ah! <laughs> and <they laughs> grabs onto the person next to him. It's what, like how Shaggy happen? used to dump into Scoob's arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were doing the noise that the granny makes when she jumps, she, she drops the pearl of the ocean into the sea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a great noise. <laughs> it's a great noise. <laughs> 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 It's Flint! Bye! cried Mary. The song had stopped as suddenly as it began, broken off, you would have said, in the middle of a note, as though someone had laid his hand upon the singer's mouth. Coming through the clear, sunny atmosphere among the green treetops, I thought it had sounded airily and sweetly, and the effect on my companions was the stranger. Come, said Silver struggling with his ashen lips to get the word out. This won't do. Stand by and go about. This is a rum start, and I can't name the voice, but it's someone skylarking. Someone that's flesh and blood, you may lay to that. His courage had come back as he spoke, and some of the colour to his face along with it. Already the others had begun to lend an ear to this encouragement, and were coming a little to themselves when the same voice broke out again, not this time singing, but in a faint, distant hail that echoed yet fainter among the clefts of the spyglass. Can I just say, I quite liked that description. He's like, it's someone skylarking. Oh, yeah. Because a skylark's a songbird, isn't it? So yeah. It's like, it's just somebody singing from the trees. It's a good turn of phrase. Yeah, I just, I just quite liked that. You know, rather than saying, oh, it's somebody playing a trick or it's somebody pranking us. Do you know what I mean? Which, yeah. This is a lot more poetic sounding, at least. It is, yeah, yeah. 
Darby McGraw. <laughs> For that was the word that best describes the sound. Darby McGraw. Darby <laughs> McGraw. Again and again and again. And then Debbie McGraw. Darby. Darby. It's Darby. Oh, sorry. I don't know what. <laughs> but Debbie McGraw I mean, sounds better. I mean, you can call Debbie Darby. Oh, Darby. <laughs> Darby, darling. What are you doing? Darby. Great to see you, darling. <laughs> and then rising a little higher and with an oath that I will leave out. Fetch off the rum, Darby. And then we have a little illustration. Oh! Of what looks like. Stop it. Kind of nymph in a tree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that definitely looks like Ben Gungs. He looks like a wild man. It looks yeah, like the Green Man. We don't know any there's other. A pub, there's, a, there's, a pub, there's a pub off Oxford Street called the Green Man, and it's just this sort of nature man. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that no, looks I know what you like. Mean. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, I was thinking I've seen the Green Man, yes. It's like a nymph, like a, but a man instead of a woman. He looks like a bit of a puck to me. Puck. Yeah, it's very midsummer. Yes. Midsummer Night's Dream. Murders. Well, they're definitely getting the um, overdramatic response of the pirates in that background as well. You've got someone like yeah. on, the, on their knees, clutching their heads, reaching for the sky, like for forgiveness or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then the guy with the gun up in his arms, like, I surrender, I surrender, kind of thing, which is quite funny. It looks like they're dancing to the age of Aquarius. It does. At the end it of does. Yeah, no, it looks very hippie. Or they're doing yeah. um, of a drum Weathering circle. Yeah. Weathering Heights. <laughs> Just run, mucking around in the woods in a red dress. So I, I do wonder if this is like, was this something that Ben Gunn was always planning on doing? Or do you reckon this was kind of a plan formulated by the entire group? Do you know what I mean? Because it's quite clever. And I wonder if yeah, this yeah. is like the captain and the doctor going, right, these guys are quite superstitious. How can we mess with them if yeah, they yeah, go yeah. looking? Like, how can we try and... We don't have the firepower, so we're going to have to use some kind of psychological warfare instead to try and slow them down, get them to yeah. turn back. Like, you know. So, yeah, I wonder, I wonder if this is just Ben Gunn acting rogue and being a bit crazy. Or that, is a very, that is a very Scooby-Doo ploy. I feel like there's a mm. couple of times where they've tricked uh, that someone <laughs> pretended to be a ghost. I'm just imagining and then they get tricked. the next bit is going to be Dr. Lucy with a sheet going... <laughs> <laughs> so who's going to have the rubber mask pulled yeah. off the head at the end? Yeah, who's behind the ghost? Doug to Livesey. <laughs> I would have gone away with it if it for you, pesky kid. <laughs> it has turned into Scooby-Doo. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. And then with the uh, the background repeats and they go down a corridor and they go in and out and out. Yeah. And then they end up in the same place and then they go, yeah. they do the double take. The running where the, the, oh, legs, that's the, noise. the legs, yeah. they stay in one place and the legs yeah. are going. Yeah. <laughs> the buccaneers remained rooted to the ground, their eyes starting from their heads. Long after the voice had died away, they still stared in silence, dreadfully before them. That fixes it, gasped one. Let's go. There was his last words, moaned Morgan. His last words above board. Dick had his Bible out and was praying volubly. He had been well brought up, had Dick, before he came to sea and fell among bad companions. 
Still, Silver was unconquered. I could hear his teeth rattle in his head, but he had not yet surrendered. Nobody in this here island ever heard of Darby, he muttered. Not one but us that's here. And then, making a great effort, Shipmates, he cried, I'm here to get that stuff, and I'll not be beat by man or devil. I never was feared of flint in his life, and by the powers I'll face him dead. There's seven hundred thousand pounds, not a quarter of a mile from here. I mean, that's a lot of money by today's standards. <laughs> oh, I want to like fight in that would, That's billions. That's like billions in today's money. In the 18th century, what is... Does he mean 700- the weight of it, or does he mean that... that I would hope... Wait. Oh, this is... I found a website um, called the Currency National Archives, and you can go back to a date in any time in history. So let's go 1780 for a mm-hmm. laugh. I don't want to tell you how much the money's worth in... 700,000 pounds. Zero friends. Show purchasing power. You could buy one of the following with 700... It is approximately 60 million, 273... 60 million, okay. 70. Fine. Uh, 666,666 horses, or 14,000 cows, or uh, 770,000 sheep. Uh, You could buy 123,022 quarts of wheat, or you could apply wages for approximately 4.6 million people. Good grief. So you could literally... You could monopolize an entire industry. Empire. (laughs) Yeah, I love that it doesn't say how many pints, but I think we can sort of a day's wages for forty six. Basically, unlimited pints. Yeah, all those are cows. One hundred and forty thousand cows. You That's a lot of fill cows. Wembley Stadium and a half with cows. That's mm. what you wanted wow. to do. When did ever a gentleman of fortune show his stern to that much dollars for a boozy old seaman with a blue mug and him dead too? Just because he changed currencies, now also I'm wondering if it's pounds as in British pounds or pounds as in weight. Uh, Do you know what I mean? But maybe he's just using it in like a slang way, like "gotta get them dollars." Dollar, dollar. Did they? Did they have <laughs> dollar, dollars? Dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> did they have dollars in the Caribbean at this time? Oh, I don't know. Well, actually, because America got its independence in what? Like 17, 17 yeah, but around this, so this would be after, yeah. So America would have been independent by now, mm. okay. But there was no sign of reawakening courage in his followers, rather, indeed, of growing terror at the irreverence of his words. Belay there, John, said Mary, don't you cross a spirit. And the rest were all too terrified to reply. They would have run away severally had they dared, but fear kept them together and kept them close by John, as if his daring helped them. He, on his part, had pretty well fought his weakness down. Spirit? Well, maybe, he said. But there's one thing not clear to me. There was an echo. Now, no man ever seen a spirit with a shadow. Well, then what's he doing with an echo to him, I should like to know. That ain't in nature, surely. This argument seemed weak enough to me, but you can never tell what will affect the superstitious, and to my wonder, George Merry was greatly relieved. It's John's argument that, like, the thing that created the sound must have been material, 
Because they echoed. Yes. And a spirit's voice wouldn't echo. A spirit's voice wouldn't echo, apparently. Because they don't affect sound. Because they're not not physical beings. Physical beings. Because sound is physical. I mean, it's... Even though we can't see it, it's a it's it's a yeah, wave, it's, isn't it? It's, it's a, a it's a knock on. It's of a physical thing. Yeah. yeah. So if you are ethereal, then if you, you are can't not corporeal, that. yes. Yeah. Well, perhaps it works. Although that doesn't explain ghosts moving cups around and stuff. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's very. I I've, I'm quite into watching. Not that I necessarily am convinced, but I'm just fascinated by the I ghost the mystery. Yeah, there's this really good, uh, which I recommend. Uh, there's a pr- channel called Watcher, and the program yeah. called Ghost Files, and they're they're not very serious about it. They still have all like the tech, but like one of them is a complete skeptic and just like goes like, just go like, come on, I'll fight you. <laughs> the other one's like, and it's very very funny because it's like that's what it should be because anyone taking this, it is like you're taking this too seriously. Yeah, you're going around a dark room and. Um, but there is there has been a, ca- a couple of things you're like, mm, okay, that's not very easy to explain. Mm. It's not like a big ghost turns up, but there's some like they they all in all their equipment they pick up some you know like they have this thing that detects heat and it changes on on them like he's asking questions and like, like walk through that door and it just keeps going off only when he asks it to and I'm like what's that mm. like, is that yeah, yeah it's not a draft because it's time to his speaking. Mm. Um, so that's that's got. I find that quite interesting, but yeah, I, it, I don't think it's. I don't think there's any like poltergeisty stuff. Well, like this is obviously John. John's a realist, clearly. Yeah, maybe he's watched it. Mm. He doesn't have the fatal flaw of the other buccaneers. He's okay. not as superstitious. He's got his little ectoplasm scanner out or whatever, and he's like, "Now, <laughs> yeah, who are you gonna call? John Silver." <laughs> <laughs> Get that on a poster. <laughs> it's lots of homework for our listeners, isn't it? Lots of homework. Yeah, it's good. It's like convert currency and make that and do a Scooby Doo and there was someone else we asked them to do as well. We always ask them to do stuff. Yeah, so funny. Yeah. Well, that's so. He said, "You have a head on your shoulders, John, and no mistake. About shipmates, this here crew is on the wrong tack, I do believe." And come to think on it, it was like Flint's voice, I grant you, and not just so clear away like it after all. It was like a somebody else's voice now. It was like her... By the powers, Ben Gunn, roared Silver. Aye, and so it were, cried Morgan, springing on his knees. Ben Gunn it were. It don't make much odds, do it now, asked Dick. Ben Gunn's not here in the body anymore than Flint. Uh, so they, so they've they've worked out because they all served on the crew. They've recognised his voice. That's quite impressive because obviously no one's told them about Ben Gunn. But you'd recognise Rod Stewart anywhere. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a shock of hair. But yeah, that that was almost like a secret that the other guys kept close to their chest because they wanted. The pirates thinking that they were the ones killing all the pirates in the forest rather than yeah. Ben doing it. But the older hands greeted this remark with scorn. Why, nobody minds Ben gone, cried Mary. Dead or alive, nobody minds him. It was extraordinary how their spirits had returned and how the natural colour had revived in their faces. 
Soon they were chatting together with intervals of listening, and not long after, hearing no further sound, they shouldered the tools and set forth again. Merry walking first with Silver's compass to keep them on the right line with Skeleton Island. He had said the truth. Dead or alive, nobody minded Ben Gunn. Dick alone still held his Bible and looked around him as he went with fearful glances, but he found no sympathy, and Silver even joked him on his precautions. I told you, said he, I told you you had spoiled your Bible. If it ain't no good to swear by, what do you suppose a spirit would give for it? Not that. And he snapped his big fingers halting a moment on his crutch. But Dick was not to be comforted. Indeed, it was soon plain to me that the lad was falling sick. Hastened by heat, exhaustion and the shock of his alarm, the fever, predicted by Dr Livesey, was evidently growing swiftly oh. higher. Dick wasn't the one you like with the broken head, was he? That was someone Dick, else. Dick was with it? the broken head. I feel like Dick was the one with the broken head. Or did he... Oh, no, is he the one who got, like, malaria? Oh, yes, they, they, they are suffering from malaria, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Malarious. <laughs> Bloody malarious, that. It was fine open walking here, upon the summit. Our way lay a little downhill, for, as I have said, the plateau tilted towards the west. The pines, great and small, grew wide apart, and even between the clumps of nutmeg and azalea, wide-open spaces baked in the hot sunshine. Striking as we did pretty near northwest across the island, we drew on the one hand ever nearer under the shoulders of the spyglass, and on the other looked ever wider over that western bay where I had once tossed and trembled in the coracle. The first of the tall trees was reached, and by the bearings proved the wrong one. So with the second... The third rose nearly two hundred feet into the air above a clump of underwood, a giant of a vegetable with a red column as big as a cottage and a wide shadow around in which a company could have manoeuvred. Did what? he just call a tree a vegetable? Yeah, he did, and it threw me a bit. A giant. I know you say vegetation. But, but a vegetable. Vegetation what? is very different from vegetable. Well, I guess it's all like, um, what do they say, animal, vegetable or mineral? Yeah. Is that, is that one is yeah, I have the very model of a major life information vegetable animal or mineral. Yeah, see? If it's not if it's not a, an animal or a mineral, it's got to be a vegetable. Right, fair. It was conspicuous far to see, both on the east and west, and might have been entered as a sailing mark upon the chart. But it was not its size that now impressed my companions. It was the knowledge that £700,000 in gold lay somewhere buried below its spreading shadow. The thought of the money, as they drew nearer, swallowed up their previous terrors. Their eyes burned in their heads, their feet grew speedier and lighter, their whole soul was bound up in that fortune, that whole lifetime of extravagance and pleasure that lay waiting there for each of them. Silver hobbled, grunting on his crutch. His nostrils stood out and quivered, he cursed like a madman when the flies settled on his hot and shiny countenance. He plucked furiously at the line that held me to him and from time to time turned his eyes upon me with a deadly look. Certainly he took no pains to hide his thoughts, and certainly I read them like print. 
in the immediate nearness of the gold, all else had been forgotten. His promise and the doctor's warning were both things of the past, and I could not doubt that he hoped to seize upon the treasure, find and board the Hispaniola, under the cover of night, cut every honest throat about that island and sail away, as he had at first intended, laden with crimes and riches. Shaken as I was with these alarms, it was hard for me to keep up with the rapid pace of the treasure hunters. Now and again I stumbled, and it was then that Silver plucked so roughly at the rope and launched at me his murderous glances. Dick, who had dropped behind us and now brought up the rear, was babbling to himself both prayers and curses as his fever kept rising. This also added to my wretchedness, and to crown all I was haunted by the thought of the tragedy that had once been acted on that plateau, when that ungodly buccaneer with the blue face, he who died at Savannah singing and shouting for drink, had there with his own hand cut down his six accomplices. This grove that was now so peaceful must then have rung with cries, I thought, and even with the thought I could believe I heard it ringing still. We were now at the margin of the thicket. Huzzah, mate, all together, shouted Mary, and the foremost broke into a run. And suddenly, not ten yards further, we beheld them stop. A low cry arose. Silver doubled his pace, digging away with the foot of his crutch like one possessed, and next moment he and I had also come to a dead halt. Before us was a great excavation, not very recent, for the sides had fallen in and grass had sprouted on the bottom. In this were the shaft of a pick broken in two, and the boards of several packing-cases strewn around. On one of these boards I saw, branded with a hot iron, the name Walrus, the name of Flint's <laughs> ship. Great name. All was clear to probation. The cash had been found and rifled. The seven hundred thousand pounds were gone. <gasps> oh, no! <laughs> End of chapter! <laughs> <gasps> that is a clang. It's gone. Wait, it's taken how long to get to the treasure, and it's not even there. We still don't know where it is. We still don't know. Where it is. Well, actually, no, we do. Ben's guns got it. Ben guns got it. We did say he had it the whole time. With two chapters to go, the treasure is missing. Mm. To be fair, Doctor Livesey warned them. He said, "Don't go looking for the treasure." Oh, it's dear. a waste of time. Yeah. I mean, it seems like Dick's a goner. I don't Dick's think he's going to be surviving much longer, Certainly is not. he? No. Or he's going to end up like hallucinating from his fever and wandering off somewhere or something. This doesn't put John in a very good position either, does it? Because he's, he's already, already faced one. Yeah, he's already faced one black Aye. spot. How many black spots can you get till it becomes a bit meaningful? <laughs> I'll just give you another one. Yeah, it's a 57 black spot this week. It's true. It's obviously something that happened years ago, so it's not like, oh no, we just missed it and the other team yeah. got there first because it's been dug up. Well, it's only excavation. Years. The excavation was old, because that's what they're sort of into, yeah. yeah. isn't it? But I think that that makes it worse, though, because yeah. at least if it was recent, you go, okay, great, the chances are it's still on the island. We can Whereas if you're that. sitting there going, 
this looks like it was excavate, excavated five years ago. It could be anywhere. Yeah. You've got absolutely no idea. So Start I think that this again. is almost worse. Well, this is normally where your treasure hunting movies begin. Isn't yeah. It? You know, they're, they're like, oh, it's not here. The treasure, the hunt is on again. Yeah, and then the film true. starts, you know? Um, yeah. Definitely. Oh, okay. I'm trying to work out like what John's next move would be then. Is it just like, count your loss. Okay, fine. We'll just head home. But then to get home, they're probably going to end up getting hung. Like, I don't, I don't know what they're going to, or, or to, well, no, they can see it's not been dug up recently, so they know it's not the other team. Mm. But then the thing is, it actually is, because they've got Ben Gunn, and Ben Gunn has the treasure. So, yeah, I don't know. What are they going to do? At least they've, they've worked out it's Ben, yeah. is in the person in the tree. So maybe they've worked out, okay, maybe he's taken it. Well, if they heard Ben's voice, they'll be like, okay, well, if they believe that he was real and not a ghost, and they're like, okay, well, Ben's still here then. Yeah. And then they can, yeah, come up with a plan. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Well, I think we need to start deciding what's going to happen. Can we decide what's going to happen? And the great way to decide what's going to happen often on this podcast is to play. Guess what the next chapter's called? It's you first. David Cox. Bang! So let's let's do let's do. I think for the last ever one, which will probably, I think I'll do the last ever chapter, won't I? So I'm going to do methodical for this one. I'm not going to go for some stupendous, hilarious glory. This is our penultimate <laughs> chapter, David, so make it a good one. Um, I think it will be called £700,000 appears, but not <laughs> where they done thought it. But, Colon not where they done for it. <laughs> and then I just put in colon Ben Gunn, like when you do a, do a Google search to make <laughs> oh, words. Yeah. Right. And then just put Ben Gunn. Because then if it says Ben Gunn or Gunn or Ben, then I could mm. get at least get a decimal to my name, can't I? You could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt? Um, I'm going to go the hunt for the past or the hunt for the ghost. Ghost hunters. Hunt. <laughs> Ghost hunters. Um, all right. Well, um, if I were to be handing out um, 18th century money, modern day money, or if I was doing it in sheep, you'd still both get nothing. Um, <laughs> oh, did I was going, ooh, yeah. Because just, just... arguably the most piratey chapter to date, chapter okay. 33, is called The Fall of a chieftain. Oh. How about that? Oh, they're going to overthrow John. I get. I mean, I don't know. Or maybe he's just, this is, this is, he's going to give up now. He's going to be like, right, well, that's it. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I do feel like that was his final saving grace, wasn't it? Like that they could go after the treasure and that they, because it, it's, it's like the final straw of calamity, isn't it? Against him yeah. now. He might just he might just tear his hair out and just jump off a cliff. You never know. <laughs> John strikes me as the kind of person who'd kill everybody else before he kills himself. Yeah, no, it should be fair. But that yeah. could be the great fall, the great fall of mm. of chieftain. Chieftain, a word we don't tend to use much. These yeah, days. well, because I suppose you can't really be a chieftain if you're the only person left. Yes. Is that me oh, calling yes. myself a king, but I'm the only person alive on the island? There's no <laughs> it doesn't hierarchy. Really, doesn't really have the same effect, does it? <laughs> 
Mm. Everyone's dead. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, if you've got any thoughts or opinions on this chapter, you can message us on thelazybookclub at gmail.com. Mm. Well, we've given you lots of stuff to do today. Blacks. No, that wasn't any one of them. Paintings and pictures. I can't remember anything we got you to do. Um, if you can remember a what poster. we told you to do. Who are you going to call John Silver? A poster. Uh, Scooby-Doo-esque. Yeah. Uh, and then there was also the walking along the seabed in... SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Dead, man's, dead man's chest, isn't it? Yeah. To the music of SpongeBob SquarePants. So the we can use it for a post. <laughs> Good. Why you are we... now our social media team. And where are they posting yeah. that, David? Yeah, where, what, what are they going to do? <laughs> well, if you go on your little phone, there's a little bird. <laughs> Although I delete bird. it because when my team loses, I delete Twitter become it comes a cesspit. But if yeah. you had it, um, go to the little blue bird that says Twitter and then go on there and then you go and then post on it. But you only get 240 characters. But what's okay, our handle? So that's what that's quite it seems quite important. At Lazy <laughs> Book Club Pod. Oh, I love good. That this has turned into a whole segment. This is uh-huh. now a thing, yeah. Um, and please, could you um, post a picture of um, some sheep? Um, and the number of sheep that are in your post is how much you think this podcast was worth in sheep. <laughs> <laughs> You have to oh. do it in 1700s because otherwise oh, it'd be not worth Josh, I don't think I can pipe the word priceless into my converter. <laughs> How many sheep will, can will, you get on an I Instagram do think it... post? Oh, I don't know. Squeeze them. It'll be sheep. like a Where's Wally, but full of sheep. Yeah. Um, and, and then you're not pop looking that on Instagram. Yeah, at Lazy Book Club Pod. Well, this has been an absolute show of uh, <laughs> ending <laughs> but no we're also on Patreon where for the very low fee of $3 a month you get an extra episode every sheep. month and you also get access to the videos so you can see us spouting this absolute drivel otherwise we will see you next week for chapter 33 the fall of achievement the penultimate chapter yeah, it is. Wow. we'll see you then bye Oof.